Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 40 of season 3 of This Osteopathic Life. We are on day 13 of the daily podcast adventure here in the month of November 2021. We are also in the fifth of six episodes, walking through the activation process, the core foundational curriculum for this osteopathic life that serves as a framework for the courses that I teach and for the book that will be emerging in quarter one, 2022. Not so far away now. I have to take a moment and just look back and notice where we were just under two weeks ago. And I was looking at episode 28 and thinking, I'm going to be behind on where I was in the previous year. My goal was always to have a bit more consistency, higher volume of episodes each year, building on the progress within the podcast. And I had made peace with it. I thought it's okay. Things are coming out in the rhythm that's appropriate. Conversations have continued in various iterations, various seasons, and I was okay with whatever number of episodes were going to be at the conclusion of the year. It seemed that the rhythm was emerging, that they were being recorded every other week. And as I've shared with you, I've gone between scheduling them to come out on a certain day and also tuning in for whatever the message is that's meant to come through. And as they are recorded in real time, not scripted, reflecting on current events personally and publicly, they have a different rhythm. At that same time, my colleague, coach, mentor, friend posted on her own page, what if I did a daily podcast every day for 30 days? And I thought, oh, well, look at that. And it was right on that same day that I had both lamented briefly and then embraced and accepted where the podcast was and allowed for whatever number of episodes to be appropriate, adequate. And then I thought, well, what an interesting experience. And I have done multiple challenges in the past. I've done 21-day and 30-day Facebook Live challenges and 500 words a day and a letter a day. And we saw swimming every day for more than 30 days. And so it didn't seem like such a crazy idea. It seemed possible. And certainly there was the benefit of adding to the volume of episodes, ideally with quality as well as quantity in that space. And it also seemed like a synergistic, kismet-driven, of course. Of course, this is the invitation right now as I look at the possibilities and where I am and where I'd like to be in the path between them. Because it seemed like, what will I do? I record twice a week to accelerate it. And will that feel forced? And so interesting that that, which was a lower volume, lower frequency, lower intensity, if you will, 
engagement had this sense of feeling forced, but put into the context of a daily podcast for 30 days, embracing the opportunity of what happens through that experience, not for the output. The output is a secondary effect, even it's a side effect of this act of showing up consistently each and every day. And that seemed actually less taxing, likely because of the predictability. It's been referenced, Gretchen Rubin, author of The Happiness Project and podcast, that doing something every day actually becomes easier and more reliable because you don't have to even think about it. And as I noticed, as I was considering which days would I do this on, how would I fit in the conversations, what would that look like, there were so many choices to be made. And that's exhausting, right? That's use of energy of our brain, of our heart, of our desire, of our willpower, really navigating that, which day I'm going to feel the most effectively ready to do this, or which day I'm going to recognize that I'm not going to feel ready and I'm going to do it anyway. Versus when it's daily, it almost just happens. I'm not going to discount and discredit the act and the contribution that we make, but the decision part isn't there. When are you going to do this? Every day, right? And then there's no question. And yes, some of these episodes, like this one, it's 11-11. We'll take a pause there. We reflected on that earlier this week on the 11th episode, on the 11th day of this 11th month. Let's just honor that for a moment. But some of them have come later in the day, but they have come each and every day as they are meant to, as they are intended. And it seems very natural to think, of course, this was the way to bridge that gap of the spaces that had emerged between the episodes throughout the course of the rest of the year. And also to remember that this osteopathic life has a one month bonus. The birthday, the anniversary of this podcast is the 1st of February. There's also that extra month putting that into context. Sometimes we're measuring ourselves against a different timeline and against different external factors and we forget what actually is the marker for ourselves. Give ourselves some grace around that. And so as we step into these next two concepts in the activation process, I want to just acknowledge that, right? And that was, remember, the second of the components of the concepts. And to say thank you to Dr. Una for that invitation for the idea, for the inspiration, and to all of you for embracing this journey. I've heard from so many who have tuned in in real time consistently, who have picked up various episodes when it felt right for them, who've actually come to the podcast and explored historical episodes. And we're surprised to find that it isn't just for physicians. And absolutely, that is the purpose here for the health of all things, for the health of all people. There's something here for everyone, right? For you to make it your own, to take from it what you need in that moment, to offer your interpretation, put it through your lens. Absolutely. So thank you all for being here, for listening. And if you feel so inclined, please do share the podcast with someone you think could benefit, would enjoy the experience. So let's track back and move through and then arrive where we are here now in this number nine of the activation process. So we began with assess, taking inventory of what is, and we saw those different areas. And as you've moved through in what I recognize is a compressed timeline, even now though, what do you see as perhaps a shift in the assessment you can take on the inventory of what is in your life? 
Can you grant some focus to those different areas, mind, body, spirit, personal, professional, public? And what comes up for you? And then acknowledge, how might you be noticing your thoughts differently? The thoughts you are having about the results that exist in your life, how you are creating them, the opportunities you have to modify them or to change the way you engage with the results as they are. And then awaken. What an experience. And this has been the largest area of growth for me. And even now, each and every day, my association with it, my language around it shifts. As we talked about just in these 13 episodes, my less likely way of interacting with feelings, lower state of feeling them, recognizing that that is language that I've developed and utilized. And perhaps I'm engaging with feelings in a different way, in a more covert, in a more private way. And it doesn't have to be wrong or better. It can just be the way it is, looking at that assessment experience and seeing how is that helpful? Where might it be hazardous? And how can I be harmonious in embracing my natural way of being and seeing ways to expand into other ways that I see demonstrated by others that I recognize as possible for me? And in that space, what happens if I allow feelings in a new way? And how does that come up for you? Perhaps you are someone who really feels feelings strongly and operates from them. Can you embrace that and see the benefits and also see the opportunity to take a different view, a different vantage point? I think about being on a drone, right? Taking that panoramic view coming from 10,000 feet and seeing what it's like when we are in our default pattern, where the benefits are and where there is room for us to grow. Let me accept and notice there is no right or wrong. And we can think about that for our own operating systems. I'm heading to a coaching summit tomorrow for the opportunity to meet with many people with whom I have worked over the past almost two years and haven't met in person to learn and listen and gain perspective on different ways to enhance coaching skills. And I have the opportunity to share my own experience. And I'm going to be talking about feelings and positive intelligence and emotional intelligence, things that are not necessarily my default strength, but because they are not, the way in which I've engaged with them and learned about it offers new perspective to me. And I have the great pleasure and privilege to offer that to my colleagues for them to see new ways that they can engage and care for themselves and connect with those who are seeking coaching or or maybe curious about coaching and not quite sure how it might apply or benefit them. Then we step into appreciate, gaining insight as to why this is present. And here we've talked about the distinction between simply understanding, and we could think about is understanding ever simple? Gratitude, right? That appreciation doesn't have to be endorsement, but it can be recognizing that there can be gifts and be room for reform of something and appreciating this opportunity as it arises and all the factors that go along with it, the freedom in the space to travel for my husband to be here with our kids in our community to offer additional support during this time for my kids to grant me their blessing in the travel. We might think, well, we don't need or require that. No, but yes. And it's, a kindness for them to wish me well, to encourage me on the travel, 
and to share our connection from across a distance. Noticing then what happens when we offer approval and realize the success we've experienced with what is. In this past year in particular, and this past year again is this umbrella that tracks back to early 2020, which are realizing as many more months from now than it seems. And approving, seeing the success in what has seemed questionable, challenging, frustrating, disappointing times. The closure of my clinical practice and still the grappling with that. What does it mean? Where, if the return will happen, how will that look? Have I stepped away from something that was so beautiful and core to who and how I was and how I operated in the world? Has it actually been the emergence in the transition to what I've always understood the practice of medicine to be? And honoring that even in the challenges, in the unpredictability, there's also been so much room for creativity, for realization of a dream, a bit of urgency to say, the time is now to move this forward, to make it real, to create a tangible and clear way for someone to engage with this work and serving in that space of leader and chief collaborator with colleagues from all across the country, specialties, MD, DO, coach training programs, all of it. That is my greatest joy and what I deem as my greatest success professionally in this time. If I think about it personally, looking at the opportunity I've had to create freedom in my life to be able to engage with my family in new ways. I think about it sometimes and I look back at the time when I was in clinic and was running my gym and still was quite involved. I would coach my children's teams and go to their events and be active in involvement in the school. And also looking at the hours in the day and the energy expended and the cost of it and the unsustainability of it. It was doable in the short term. And there would often be feedback around, I don't know how you do it, in this sense of superhuman status. And what's come up for me a lot recently not so much in reference to myself, but in that observation of when people are going above and beyond, they seem to be in a space where they are doing more than humanly possible. We can acknowledge it, right? And we can also be mindful that if we're designating them as superhuman, we are actually dehumanizing them, which is a problem, right? It's saying they are of some other caliber and creation that they can do this, that the rest of us can't. So we're creating this degree of separation. We are also emboldening it, making it seem both unattainable and perhaps also at once something that they now need to continue to do in order to uphold that identity that we have assigned and they have accepted of themselves. And there's an opportunity to celebrate and acknowledge it, maybe check in with them to see how that's going. And there can be a sense of not having permission to say that this is too much, because if that's the perception that's been created and that's the reputation that has been developed. It can be sometimes hard to step out of that. And what if instead we notice that this is a human right, doing super things? And also, is that appropriate? I think about that with physicians, with healthcare workers in all different professions, with teachers. We're calling them superheroes. 
And I don't deny the amazing gifts and sacrifice and contribution and consistency that have been, especially these last two years. And at the same time, is saying that, excusing us in asking them and tasking them and taxing them with these continued responsibilities that are very much not sustainable. We could say not appropriate, that are not tuned into the lack of reality and lack of realization of how this is impacting them as humans. And just checking in with that, just checking in with that, with those around us. And if you notice that designation coming up, being assigned to you, or if you feel it being assigned from you to another, and I've been there, I've caught myself saying it just this past week and thinking, wait, you are a human, right? And that is not a dismissal of anything, right? That is me recognizing and honoring your humanity and you're doing super things. That's fantastic. And is that working for you? And is that sustainable for you? And do you need some support? And do you need some rest? And do you feel that the expectations being held for you are appropriate? Can we talk about that? And that's something to think about. So we can have success and we can also have a realistic assessment of what we're doing and if that's something that we can keep going. We want to keep going, right? Allowing ourselves to want like we talked about previously. Then we talked about align and orienting to the results that we seek and how we can move toward that area that looks a bit different, right? That might be leading us or guiding us. We can bring that area that doesn't seem to fit with the rest back into the fold. We have options there. And how are you aligning? And that brings us to the next component, the next phase, the next stage, and the next step in the activation process. And again, these episodes are shorter. This one may be a little longer than the last one because coming through and celebrating where we are and honoring the process was what came through tonight. But let's talk about this concept of advocate, how to become your own ally. And perhaps it was automatically a segue because ally doesn't just mean a hoorah and keep on going. You've got this for what you're doing. Becoming your own ally and advocating can be that more discerning examination of what you're doing, of how it is being revealed and reviewed on your behalf by you or by others, and if it is sustainable or not. Because becoming your own ally, you are, yes, being your own cheerleader, but not just in a keep going, you got this more, more, better, better, faster, go. But in the way of having your own back, acknowledging absolutely what you're doing, celebrating it, and also saying when it's too much, right? When you need something different, when support might look different for you. And it's a space where we're arriving with confidence and with clarity for ourselves. Honoring our progress, seeing how far you've come, absolutely celebrating those amazing and what seems very extraordinary achievements. And also seeing your potential, recognizing too that our potential can be limited actually by this superhuman assignment. And what happens? How does our capacity and potential actually expand when we own and embrace our humanity and then we can engage from it from a sustainable way a way that continues to resonate with our core values also resonates with our capacity and need for rest i have a fantastic episode coming out with a sleep specialist in conversations that really helps me to see that piece in a new light 
So thinking about where you have been an excellent advocate for others, and it's easier to see that way, where you have been an advocate for yourself and where there is space for you to own that, to step into it and to really say what it is you need and want and how to speak up for yourself and to really say hold out, be consistent, support yourself until that is achieved. And what comes next is almost automatic. Having come through the first nine intentionally, purposefully, synergistically in various combinations. It can be sequential, absolutely. It can be in different pairings. It can be in bits and pieces that you bring together in the way that works best for you. But even with just the simple awareness of all of those different aspects, what naturally happens is we notice the engagement of the whole system and we experience acceleration. And this is where we see the power of integration. What does it mean when everything comes together? When we are no longer in our own way, in so much that we are seeing ourselves as divided, and that can mean between and among, divided in groups, right? They're over here and I'm over here and they're capable of this and I'm not, or I'm capable of this other thing. And they're doing it. There's a certain way I'm going to hold on to mine. They're in this house of medicine. I'm in this specialty, whatever that might be. And instead beginning to see the whole And the whole can still have those parts with uniqueness and with beautiful individual contributions, skills, strengths, vulnerabilities, all of that. But seeing it in the whole is a different perspective than seeing all of these loose pieces. And we think about that puzzle piece analogy, whole in itself, it has its own edges, it has its front and back and the color scheme that's on it. And we could look at what that image is all in its own and assign whatever meaning and interpretation to it that we wish. We can also see it as part of the whole. And again, the picture of the puzzle, you can make out most of it without one piece in there. But there is this incompletion. There's a difference in the resonance and the vision of the whole picture when all parts are in place, each making their own particular contribution. And they don't fit in any other space. Now, some puzzles, right? There's some cookie cutter. I think about it like McDonald's chicken nuggets. If they only have certain ways, you could force the pieces together, but you can tell that the picture doesn't match. And so each of those parts brings something unique in its own special space to contribute to the picture. And when it's all together, then we can step back and stand back and see what has been created. That which we might not have otherwise known until all of those pieces gathered in their own certain way because of the different colors and textures and shapes that they had. And so when we're in Accelerate, it might seem like we're moving forward or toward or beyond, but we're actually just so fully present in the now. And acceleration can feel like an expansion. And acceleration can also be a slowing down. The true definition is to change in speed or direction. And so actually, acceleration can be slowing down, going the other direction from where you were. And we often might say, well, no, that's deceleration. And again, that's an option. But really, acceleration qualifies for that as the experience of it. And I'm listening right now to the book, What Happened to You by Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Perry. 
And that was actually in the most recent chapter where I was today, this experience of dissociation. And we could talk about the diagnosis and the pathology we associate with it, but also acknowledge the gift of it in the moment. It is a survival tool in highly stressful and traumatic situations to be able to experience time on a different frame at a different rate so that you can act in a different way and process it in a different way in an acceleration that can happen. We can experience this slowing, this embrace and engagement with the now moment in a very different way because we're not necessarily looking for what's next and the next step and what do we have to do, but we are welcoming the integration synergy of the whole and being in it. And this doesn't mean we're not going to experience change in ourselves or in the system around us. Likely, we're going to experience that more, but in a different way and with a different sense of urgency or requirement. And that's where Accelerate comes into play. And I would welcome you to share what experience you might have had with acceleration and not recognize it because you expected it to mean going in the direction you had been going at a faster pace. And what if acceleration is actually happening for you right now if something has paused? What if 2020 was a massive acceleration? You could see some things did speed up, but also many things slowed down and even stopped. So completely changing that trajectory, things we never thought would take a pause absolutely did and seeing that because we saw the effect and the impact of the whole how closely we were all intertwined how there is interdependence which can be beautiful and a gift can also be hazardous if there's an entanglement and a lack of awareness of sense of self in so much as my contribution who I am in here and seeing the impact, that domino effect on the whole. So those are the opportunities we have at this stage in the activation process. And we have one more episode specifically dedicated to this tomorrow. We'll go through that. And then we'll come into a 10-day experience around some key concepts that have been meaningful for me that I'm actually going to be speaking about at the coaching summit. And once I have come through that experience, I'm going to share with you how that went and then offer up some perspectives on ways this skill set, this toolbox could be useful for you. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. This is Dr. Millie Beaky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.